So, any questions tonight? I just heard a lecture by uh, Vaishnav, who was seemed to be stressing the importance of having, even at the preliminary stage of devotional practice, knowledge of and mental concentration on one's siddha-deha. It kind of bewildered me as to, I've always thought that such things come much, much later than and require some true standing in our practice before we even begin to contemplate such intimate service to the, to the Supreme that we should start with service in our sadhaka deha and not have much concern for siddha deha in the beginning. Could you give some framework for that in our practice? Mm-hmm. I think that it um, should be apparent that the stages of sadhana bhakti have nine stages given by Rupa Goswami beginning with faith, initial faith that is actually brought on by association with devotees in an unfocused way. Um, but in due course, it's an accumulative effect, association with uh, devotees knowingly or unknowingly, the idea has, has an effect. Um, what it is that that moves a devotee is bhakti herself and of course the extent to which that's the case depends on how advanced the uh, devotee is so uh, <clears throat> that said um, we have a considerable literary legacy in the tradition and it's penned by very advanced devotees and so their feelings their sentiments their inner life is going to come through and that's what's driving their movement in the world and so while there is the formal distinction between bhakti and practice, sadhana bhakti and bhava bhakti, and that distinction is emphasized by way of describing the ingress, if you will, of Krishna's internal potency, his sarup shakti, into the onto the mind of the sadhaka, taking over the mind and so forth. That's not to say that the sarup shakti, that bhakti is constituted of, has not made ingress into the sadhaka 
before that stage, but that as a prominent stage of the development of, kind of the, the, the influence of the Sarup Shakti, of becoming more and more under the influence of bhakti. For example, in the stage of Ruchi, becoming attached to bhakti, and that being characterized by Mahaprabhu as nadanam nadanam nasundaram kavitamba, having no other attachment. Hmm? Not even mamajanmani janmarishvare, not even concerned about transcending birth and death. So attachment to bhakti. <clears throat> then and in the next stage, the last stage of sadhana, sakti, attachment to Krishna, the object of bhakti. And as I often say, the attachment to bhakti in the stage of ruchi is a specific type of attachment because it has a corresponding object that comes more into focus in asakti. It's not a general taste. The specific taste means um, that the that an inner identity hmm, is forming. So bef- my point here is that before Baba Bhakti, Srup Shakti is, is active in Sadaka's life because the Srup Shakti is Bhakti. So as soon as he or she comes in touch with Bhakti, takes up the path and so forth, that influence is there. Um, but the stages of Sadhana Bhakti, even leading to Bhava Bhakti, then Bhava Bhakti being a stage and Prem Bhakti being the uh, the last of the nine stages, obviously speak about a progression, a development. And therefore, the higher we go on the stages, the more there will be ability, the more there will be the ability to turn, if you will, from the external world to the inward, hmm? inward in the meditative life, if you will, that um, uh, really wholly wholly corresponds with bhava bhakti, hmm? and um, there it's spontaneous and ongoing and so forth. Um, A very simple point is worth um, making in this regard, and that is that while the qualification to pursue the path of Rag Bhakti to, with the ideal of entering into the Vrindavan Leela and so forth um, is open to anyone who uh, so desires it or, or who has the association that gives rise to such a desire. Um, at the same time, the ability to meditate requires further qualification. Medita- and, uh, meditation, uh, you can, for example, you can do kirtan and your mind might be somewhere else, but still it will have some effect. What effect will it have? Mm-hmm. Mahaprabhu speaks about different effects in a shikshastakam. 
and the effects that he speaks about are all uh, derived from Sankirtan, which is his method. This is what this Shikshastakam is about. Parambijayate, Shri Krishna Sankirtanam. This is his method. Nam Sankirtan. And, and so, as we do Nam Sankirtan, we develop through different stages. And the first stage is the purifying of the heart. He describes Cheto Darpana Marjanam, the mirror of the mind as cleansed, I mean the, the chitta that, that is inf- impacted or influenced by impressions from the world hmm, is cleansed of those impressions by way of bhakti, impressions of bhakti being placed on it. Prabhupada sometimes will give an example that if you have a bottle of ink and you pour milk into it, if you keep pouring it and pouring it, it'll start to come out blue and bluish white and eventually it'll all come out white. Hmm something like that. So the system, the method for getting rid of the, the color of, of material attachment is to put the pure white milk of nourishing milk of bhakti, so to speak, into, the, into our lives. So the approach for removing the negative is positive. Um, but the, as, that, as we do that, we will pass through different stages. Again, the first stage is is the removal of the negative, is the cheta dharpana marginum. And that is consists that that uh, continues from Shraddha to Bhajanakriya, Shraddha, Sadhusanga, Bhajanakriya, Anarta Nivritti, and Inishta much of the ink is gone, if you will, in our example. Hmm? Enough that one's practice is, is uninterrupted. Hmm? And enough that one's attention can be focused on, for example, his nam smaran, his, 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 his chanting of japa, or his or her chanting of kirtan. The mind's not going somewhere else. Hmm? So, this is a kind of an interim stage, if you will, that Mahaprabhu himself talks about as such. Come to Nishta and then Kirtaniya Sadahari, then you, you can enter into uh, the world of uninterrupted um, practice, Krishna Anushil, uninterrupted culture, which will bring taste and inner absorption and attachment to Krishna and Baba spiritual emotion. Hmm? So, the um, there are stages, hmm? and certain aspects of the culture hmm, are not appropriate or cannot effectively be engaged in at lower stages of practice. Meditation, for example, um, in any deep sense, um, as I'm saying, cannot be effectively engaged in um, with a uh, distracted mind. Hmm? Um, That doesn't mean there's no place for meditation for less advanced devotees. We do. 
what Jiva Goswami has um, uh, advocated, Namsmarnam. So this is our japa. We do kirtan and we do Namsmarnam. Mm-hmm. And the view is not only to cleanse the heart, but to cleanse the heart in the context of pursuing an ideal of life in in uh, in lila seva. So um, my point here is that there are different stages, and in higher stages, you're going to be more capable of certain practices than you are in early stages. Indeed, um, if you come from the Western world and you become a little interested in in Gaudiya Vaishnavism and so forth, it probably would not be very fruitful to sit down and tell someone on day one that that we're teaching you how to become a prepubescent, eternal uh, handmaiden of, of Radha. You know, we, we start a little... <laughs> A little differently than that. There's a difference between matter and spirit, and so forth. Now, while Rupa Goswami has stated in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that jnana and bhairagya are not angas or limbs of bhakti, he said they may be a little useful in the beginning. This is in a culture where it's accepted that universally that people are that there's something called an atma. It's reincarnating. The goal of life is mukti. The, 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 uh, there, there's a likeness at least uh, between Atma and Brahman uh, uh, if there's anything in the world that's most like God it's you it's because your consciousness not matter and so forth meanwhile here we're in a western world it's, it's not the um, accepted norm and standard of knowledge and so on and so forth so you may have to to use an example if you have a car with a battery that's stalled a manual transmission then you can push it and then if it gets going a little bit then it will start once it starts then the pushing is okay you know it's gone it's on its own but to get it going a little pushing may be required so a little gyan a little emphasis on bhairagya which which promotes gyan, which promotes vairagya, which promotes gyan, in the context of bhakti and so forth, would seem um, appropriate to get the engine going, so to speak. Now, um, there's a couple ways in which the engine could get could get going, and that is. Um, through theoretical knowledge acquired, we may refine our practice and understanding of what we're doing and, and so on and so forth. Um, and secondly, hopefully, by such practice, we're going to get experience and taste and develop through the different stages and so forth. Hmm. But that said, it may take a long time to move through those stages, even if you have considerable theoretical knowledge that the person who you just met at the Sunday love feast of 1969 you know, didn't you know, know anything about and you didn't know much about it either, <laughs> even though you were the teacher there. Um, uh, uh, 
So even today, where there's a lot more information, if you will, about Gaudiya Vaishnavism out and about, um, and people may be more readily um, teachable um, about the prayogen, the goal, what it means to enter the Leela, and so on and so forth, it doesn't necessarily correspond with their being, they being more spiritually advanced. Hmm? Term, you could have quite a bit of knowledge, theoretical knowledge, in earlier stages. Hopefully it's going to fuel your practice, that's the idea of it, um, but it takes considerable practice to pass through the stages. I mean, we talked a little bit the other night about the sages of Naimishar, of, of Dandakaranya. They had to wait a, wait a yuga, you know, they were chanting the Gopal Mantra, they got the darshan of Ram. We thought, that's him, I think. That's who we're, we're meditating on. But he said, no, not quite, not quite. Hmm? I have made a vow to have only one wife, and there are many of you, so you have to wait. The next you guy will come in a form that will correspond entirely with your mantra, and you can and uh, uh, experience that kind of relationship with me. So... Uh, such examples shouldn't shouldn't be lost on us. It may take a little time, hmm. and so there. There, and that said, there may be a tendency also amongst those who have a head full of theoretical knowledge to get ahead of themselves hmm. in terms of their their capability, their eligibility uh, for practice. And they may want to incorporate practices that they're not very capable of incorporating, and they may be eager for them, which is or that ideal, in ways that uh, don't correspond with their reality. They may have an eagerness that doesn't really constitute a, a a greed, if you will, for bhakti that has resulted in all other greed disappearing, all other interests disappearing. Hmm. Um, and it may be more mental, hmm, where you you have an intellectual, you have some knowledge, and you want m- more, but you're not really capable, so to speak. Uh, and, and in our lineage, both Bhakti Thakur and Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsi Thakur, they were they were concerned about about this, and they saw persons who had a, a lot of theoretical knowledge and so forth, but their their activities didn't correspond. Hmm? Their lifestyle didn't correspond with their, with the knowledge, theoretical knowledge that they had, and so it was a, it was a cause, as I say, of concern uh, for them, and um, I think that as knowledge and information about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, what it's about, is out and about. You hear it long enough, you kind of you can start to get a grip on it, and so on and so forth, but. You have to see that your knowledge is is fostering the kind of practice that's actually changing 
your life and um, and to the extent that um, it's not then there may be practices that are more appropriate and will come in, in, in will come in a natural way in as you progress uh, that um, that you may artificially get uh, involved in. So this was a, a major focus of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who was commissioned by Bhakti Vinod, who was concerned about the condition of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which has a very high ideal, hmm? and um, is, uh, uh, I mean, it's said to be, make liberation look insignificant, uh, it's, it's said to make reverential love in Baikuntha to be also uh, boring <laughs> by comparison. <laughs> so you're talking about something very extraordinary. Um, and, and in their language, not cheap, that might be not only misunderstood, but perhaps not maybe misunderstood theoretically, but again, it's one thing to have your head around what it is and be able to explain it. Another thing, what your level of eligibility may be to participate and pursue. There will be a pursuance, no doubt, but at different levels, obviously, the, the, what, in, what the pursuance involves will be different. What, if, what a devotee in the stage of Ruchi is going to what their practice is going to be is, is going to be similar but different and include more than what the practice is going to be in the stage of unsteady practice, hmm? where you chant, sometimes you don't chant, sometimes you, 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 you get distracted by so many influences of the world, currents of the world, and so on and so forth. And, um, and so I think that's very like down-to-earth, very practical. Um, the stages constitute more and more absorption under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, under the influence of Bhakti. And it's taking you from an external preoccupation hmm, with sense objects for the pleasure of your senses and the identity that forms out of that hmm, to inner life and attachment to Krishna and the identity that forms from that. So these stages are themselves hmm, uh, moving inwardly hmm, in the direction of an identity in Krishna uh, appropriate for serving Krishna in his Leela. Hmm. And so the main method, if you will, for progressing through the stages as given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Namsankirtan. Hmm? That is the main method. Hmm. Um, and as I've said earlier, the Namsan Kirtan is such that it cleanses the heart, and the extent that it does, obviously, one becomes more capable of meditating. Hmm? Now, should we, does that mean we don't meditate? We don't. Of course, we try to focus the mind, but the unique thing about the name of Krishna, which is 
differentiates it from the form of Krishna, from the qualities of Krishna, from the Leela of Krishna, which are also non-different from him. Krishna Leela is non-different from him. His, his form is non-different from him. His qualities are non-different from him. His name is non-different from him. But the name is different from them, hmm? his Rupa, Guna, and Leela, in that it is very magnanimous, very generous. Rupa Goswami in particular says the name is more generous than the form. You have the, if you offend the form, the name still comes to you. So this is the main focus then of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Nam nam makari bahudani desarva shaktis tatrarpita niyami tasmanani nakala etadishi tabakripa bhagavan namapi durdaiva middishami hajami nanuravi He's lamenting. The name is like so generous and I have no attraction. It's, I'm embarrassed by this. Hmm? I have other interests. I shouldn't. Uh, name is so extraordinary and so generous at the same time. Hmm? So, the idea then, given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is that by chanting, hmm, which is the Kali Yuga Dharma also, hmm, that, that inner life will arise and the ability to meditate will arise. And what will you meditate on? Hmm? Well, Inside the name is the form of Krishna, the qualities of Krishna, the leelas of Krishna. So, how can, how can you chant continually through the progressive stages and not expect that the form of Krishna will appear in your mind and in your heart hmm? while chanting? That the qualities of Krishna will not appear that the leelas of Krishna will not appear. Because I say this because, relative to your question, some people nowadays say chanting is not... You can't just chant. That's not enough. You've got to add this uh, something else to your, your, your practice. You better hurry up. Because this chanting is just not going to work for you. It, maybe they say it, it does, but it, it doesn't work. Somebody said, you told me that there's no examples of anyone becoming perfect by chanting. There are hundreds of examples. Chaitanya hmm. Mahabhu set the example. Now, that the chanting will, will, will lead to the capacity to meditate, hmm, and that the form to meditate upon will come out of the name, and the qualities will come out, and the leader will come out. And what form will come out of the name? Again, as I began, we are influenced by bhakti through sadhusanga. So relative to the kind of influence that we have, we are the Gaudiya Sampradaya. So you're going to be influenced by Gaudiya sensibilities. So who wrote the books? Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Krishna Kaviraj Goswami. Hmm? What's their inner life? They're all handmaidens of Radha in their inner uh, landscape. Hmm? Um, and you go on down the list. Um, this is far and away the the prominent influence of uh, spiritual influence within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. The whole Chaitanya Charitamrita is about Manjari Bhava, the vision of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what he came to give from the perspective of Rupa Goswami, 
Now, that bhava can only be uh, play itself out in connection with the leading the, the, the hero and heroine need support, subordinate, what they call secondary supporting roles and so forth. And of course, you have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who came come alone, he came with Nityananda Prabhu. So, Nityananda Prabhu is a powerful influence in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And he, nobody pushed people, uh, jivas, towards Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and what he came to give, or what he's about, let us say, that comes out of him without trying. Hmm? He's pursuing Krishna, pursuing the love of Radha. So the bhava of Radha is what he seeks to taste, and it overflows onto other people in a way that the jivas could come closest to tasting it. We can't become Radha. Hmm? Krishna's trying to become Radha, but we're not Krishna. He's having a hard time, but uh, but his main spokespersons then were the Goswamis. Hmm? And we see they were all tasting the Radha Bhav through being the handmaidens of Radha. Hmm? Um, so again, that's prominent. It comes down through the lineage and it's the literature, the songs are saturated with this. Then again, Nityananda Prabhu was there. While he, no one pushed people towards Chaitanya Mahaprabhu more than Nityananda Prabhu, invariably, or nonetheless, some people are going to be influenced by the Bhav of Nityananda Prabhu. And he came with his associates. They had lineages and so forth. We find in the, in the modern era, that that it, it it's it's come up, you know. It, it came up at the, the t- prominently at the time of Vishwana Chakri Thakur with that text Prayobhakti Rasarnava. Hmm? Um you know, at the the uh, I think it was the end of the seventeenth century, something like that. Early early seventeen hundreds maybe, beginning of the eighteenth century. So it's a long time ago. Hmm? Um then again in, in Prabhupada this huge wave of Sakiras influenced by Nityananda Prabhu. His, his family was was uh, the patron saint was Udarandatta, one of the Gopals. They would make a pilgrimage every year to Udarandatta's um, place where he had his preaching center. So you you might have read a book called "Oh My Friend, Oh My Friend." That, that, uh, it was published in Marsh, uh, wrote. So, um, that's there too. Hmm? Um, these, in, but the point being what? That there are influences that, that make our Sampradaya what it is. There are different influences in the Ramanuja Sampradaya. It's not just a difference in Tattva. It's a difference in Bhava. It corresponds with the Tattva, the way the Tattva is explained. So there are different bhavas to be attained in Ramanuja Sampradaya, the Madhva Sampradaya, the Nibarka Sampradaya, the Balabha Sampradaya, and their Siddhanta, their Tattva, corresponds with that. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't look at Gaudiya Vaishnavism and say, well, just, you know, get any bhav. It has, you could by chanting Hare Krishna, that's true. But it, the Nam Shrestam that Raghunath Das is talking about, the highest conception behind the name that Mahaprabhu gave, well, that's what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, is really about. I've said before, Gaudiya Vaishnavism is very very specific and very universal at the same time, because the God is Krishna, who's the source of all forms of divinity. But it's about him, 
in pursuit of Radha's love. So this is a peculiar moment, eternal moment in the, in the history of, of, of the life of the Godhead that we're focused on. But he is Swayam Bhagwan, nonetheless. So other representations of, uh, other, of, of Bhakti can be derived from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and from the chanting of Hare Krishna, which is universal. Hmm? You could take the name Ram to mean Ram Chandra, and some people do that in South India, and so on and so forth. We've talked about that. So it is broad like that, but it is specific also. And we talk really about what is the Gaudiya Vaishnava Prayojan about, then it's not Mukti of Vaikuntha, it's Prem, and it's the Prem of Braj in particular, and so on and so forth. So these are the influences that one comes under. Hmm? And so we don't have to wonder then too much what form of Krishna will arise having received the name and the bhakti impressions hmm, from this lineage that we have? What form it, 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 it will come in the form, the form of Krishna in Vrindavan, either as, you know, as, 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 as in Sakya Rasa or Madhurya Rasa, and the Madhurya Rasa of, 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 of um, Tadbhav, or the, particularly the uh, kind of handmaiden ship of, uh, of, of Radha. Hmm? This is what it's about. Or, relative to influence, Sakirasa is there in Bodhi Vaishnavism. This we see. So, when you chant, then in due course, the form of Krishna will come out come out, so to speak, of the name and it will take over take over your mind. What do you think it will do? Some people say you better add something because you've got to, you've got to focus the mind. The name is not going to do that. The name has no power. The name just cleanses the heart and then you just sit there unless you do something else. The name, will, therefore, Bhaktisiddhanta was fond of saying, Kirtana Prabhavi Smarana Svabhavi, by the power of Kirtan, which is considerable, I mean, how how much how you want to sit around for a few hours and bring out all the the statements of the mahima of the name and its power? Once chanting, capable of eradicating more sins than the whole world can commit, you know, uh, and this kind of thing. And, and there's no exaggeration there, or it's now Mahaprabhu. If you think there is, that the power of it was considerable. This is Mahaprabhu was saying in the second verse of Shikshasu, when I quoted Nam Namakari Bahuda. Nijasarvashakti, all of your power is in your name. All of your power. In Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Sanatana Goswami says, Krishna is more attracted to his name than he is to himself. Even though the name is one and diff one, it's also different. He's more attracted to his name than he is to himself. And therefore he says, wherever my name is chanted, that's where I am. Hmm? Aham Vaikuntha, Tishtami, you know the verse? I'm not in Vaikuntha. Yoginam Hridayeshu Va, neither am I in the heart of the yogis. Yatragayanti Madhbhakta, he says to Nard. Where am I? Wherever my devotees are chanting my name, there I am present. So many statements like this. So the power of the name should never be uh, underestimated. Um, and especially this is its time, if you will, the, the Kali Yuga time as well. Hmm. Um, so these, I've heard some statements like this, and the kind of thing you're referring to. I believe that chanting is not enough. Um, it almost sounds like nam aparad to me. 
and um, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati, his idea was, but the power of the name, Kirtana Prabhave, Smarana Swabhave. Smarnam, mm-hmm. on one Swabhav, means here budding spiritual nature and identity, will arise mm-hmm. naturally. The name will cleanse the heart, the name will give, show himself with a particular form. What, what will the form be? Formed Krishna? Hmm? No. Right? It will be a form of Krishna that corresponds with the sentiments of Madhurya Rasa, Sakya Rasa. What will the qualities be then? The guna that comes out of the name. Relative to the influence that you've had over lifetimes, and in this case it's Gaudiya influence, Sakiras, Madhuras, then qualities that correspond, there are certain qualities that, that are very, uh, really stick out in Krishna to one in Sakirasa, to one in Vatsaliarasa, to one in Dasyarasa, to one in Madhuriarasa. Of, of the 64 plus qualities that the Bhagavad has mentioned and the ones in the Bhagavatam, Yuga Goswami plays that out, I think, in Krishna Sandharva, 84 qualities or something. You've got unlimited qualities. But at any rate, Rupa Goswami has kindly shown for each of the primary rasas, he's highlighted which qualities of Krishna will stand out. Hmm? So these will become attractive to the devotee. Hmm? So what form of Krishna? He's also described, for example, in the chapter on Sakyarasa, he gives verses describing Krishna. How he's seen Sakyarasa from Bhagavatam and other places. So, this is the form that he will experience within, with the inner eye. These are the qualities that will become prominent. Hmm? And then these are the leelas that will become prominent. Hmm? And the name will reveal all of these things. Now, the point here is that when the, the, when the form is specific and the qualities are specific, then the leelas are specific. They're specific for a reason, obviously, because they're corresponding with the love in the heart of the devotee that is now developing, which was imbibed by that devotee in the beginning of their contact with bhakti. Hmm? They got impressions from bhakti. The impressions were were unknowingly they got impressions. With some knowledge of what was happening, they got impressions. They got more impressions of bhakti, and they and suddenly they had faith in bhakti. Where did the faith come? Did we need something else there? It came by by sadhusanga, by the by the method, hmm? hearing. Then then, then they then they then they systematically associate with devotees, hear and chant and so forth and so on. So um, so what I want to say here is that it's perfectly reasonable to uh, say that the chanting is the perfect way. The chanting will not only qualify one, but, but lead one into a meditative life by the power of the chanting, and the meditative life will correspond with the influences that you have um, come under. Hmm? And so, while there is a place for meditating on the Leela of Krishna from the perspective 
of a particular identity, a stai bhava, a defining emotion, I'm a friend of Krishna. Defined. I'm a, uh, I like the, the romantic idea hmm, of Krishna, especially as Radha. And nobody does it better than Radha, so I would like to assist her and through that participate in, in all that she's about, all that she experiences is the idea of the, the tadbhava, of the, of the uh, type of Madhurya rasa that's prominent in, in, in the Sampradaya. Um, so, when will that ability to meditate, if you will, when will that naturally come about? Well, as we go through the stages of Nishta and Ruchi, hmm? Ruchi's on the other side now, Shreya Kairava Chandrikavataram, something comes prominent coming from the other side and it's apparent. Previous to that, it's apparent that things from this side are going away. They are going away because something's coming in. But at a certain point, the ink looks more like milk than it looks like ink, in the example I gave earlier, right? And then only ink, only only milk seems to be coming out. And it's nourishing uh, to others, and so there's no there's no there's no ink left. So um, and ruchi means taste. It means greed. It means all these things. So the greed to participate in Braja Bhakti, it can be taken very cheaply by some people, um, uh, or it can be taken more conservatively. What does it constitute? And it's hard to think of having greed for being a member of Krishna Leela and and really being very convincing about that when we see greed for other things still present in one. It's, it seems a little, a little unbecoming. Hmm? It's a little unbecoming. So, a little patience is required with our enthusiasm. Sometimes Prabhupada would give the example that if a girl, young lady, wants to be have a baby, well, she should be enthusiastic, but it's going to take ten, nine months. Hmm? If, you, if, I, if you come to me and you say, I see that you're eating mangoes and you look very happy every time you eat them. I'd like a mango. Hmm. That's it. That's great. You want to have a mango? Okay, come tomorrow. I'll give you a mango. Okay, great. So you come tomorrow, and I give you this kind of dry thing. It's kind of kind of in the shape of a mango. It's hard, and I say, "Here's a mango." I'm giving the seed, right? And they went, "What? <laughs> oh, where's the mango?" I said, "Well, here's what you do. Just take this mango, put it in the ground." Huh? I heard it, it comes from trees. I heard you say that it comes from the top of the trees. You're telling me to put this in the ground? Yeah, and then bury it. And then bury it. I, I came for a mango. Right? Just, you know, so if you have faith hmm, that the guru has something, then you follow what the guru says. Hmm? Hmm? And sometimes, and, and, and it, they, um, you can find gurus that say, here it is, take it, here's a mango. And some say, here it is, put it in the ground, water it. Now, yeah, water it, pick up any weeds that come, and then suddenly the little sprout comes, hey, there's there, yeah, 
a few more years now. <laughs> and then there are going to be blossoms one year, you know, and there's going to be a couple mangoes, but they're not really ripe. And then suddenly it's just going to go and go. And it's going to be so big that its fruits, just one mango tree, fully mature, that's it, you're done. You, you feed a whole village with that. Hmm? So, um, really good teachers uh, know the value of this and uh, don't take it uh, cheaply and they, they teach the students to apply themselves relative to the level of their, their progress. And um, this was an emphasis of Thakur Bhaktivinoda. Hmm. Um, now, that said, the more theoretical knowledge that we have of the ideal, and if we've come to the conclusion, let's say, there's this, this some pradise about the Manjari Bhav, and this is the ideal, and I'm, by my knowledge, I'm interested in that. Or by my knowledge, for example, let us say, um, I'm influenced by... Um, it's clear, he said he's in Sakyarasa. I want to follow him theoretically. One can, in an ishta sensibility of having the intellect fully focused on Gaudiya Vaishnavism, what it is, the theory, and so forth. This will be my goal. Hmm? Then, all right, then, you, then that topic can be researched. That's a kind of smarnam. Hmm? That's kind of smarnam, beginning smarnam. Can be researched. What are the, f- what is the form? Then it's there in Bhakti Rasamrita. This is not too esoteric. Well, it's pretty esoteric, but it's it's. Uh, these are the qualities. What are the leelas that that are correspond with those qualities? That are examples. Hmm? I can read about them. I can read the commentaries, so forth. Um, um, and I can be engaged in a, a kind of meditation, if you will, um, in, a, in a Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami gives smarnam, dharna, dhyan, um, is it four? Yeah. Samadhi, Druvana Smriti, and Samadhi. Right? So, smarnam means remembrance that's not Continuous, hmm? that's interrupted by other things. So sometimes that remembrance is described as doing research, reading the books, hmm? about in, in, in now, now with a more specific focus, about perhaps, hmm? and chanting and so forth. Hmm? And then, um, then there, then there is dharna. Dharna is a stage where other things are pretty much kept out. Hmm. Right? It's it's in yoga, Astanga yoga, it's like the dharna is like pushing out the other influences. Hmm. Then comes dhyan, which means you can actually enter in there without the without holding back the other influences, because they're not in, your meditation, your absorption is powerful enough that the other influences aren't troublesome. But they still have a conglomerate or impact which brings you out. Mm-hmm. And so then you 
you'll go back to your Sodom again and so forth. Then, then from there, Druvanusmriti means Druvanusmriti. The Anusmriti, the remembrance is Druva, is it's constant. Hmm? It's constant. So even while doing other things, for example, would be the idea. Typically, in times gone by, the devotees wouldn't be doing other things. <laughs> but you take a person like Prabhupada, or well, the Goswamis, they were quite active, building temples, writing books, and so forth. So we consider that they were still internally, um, what do you say, absorbed. Hmm? Anyway, from Smriti to Samadhi. Hmm? So these are the stages of Smarna. Now, you know, you have, what is, Smarandas, how's it go? Uh, Shravandas, Apandas, Smarandas, Sampati, hmm, these stages, another way of talking about it. Um, so you hear, hmm, the hearing, then there's the acceptance of what you've heard. This is the ideal. Yes, okay, I'm on for that. Hmm? I'm going for that. Acceptance. Then, then smarnam, remembering what you've heard and so forth, then attaining. Hmm? Um, so Bhaktivinoda Thakur talks about this all in the context of Nam. Hmm? He, he refers to Nam as Chintamani Swarup. Like the wish fulfilling name, you get your form from the name. So that said, this is this is the practice given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, given by the Goswami. We don't find any other really description in any of the Goswami's books. The closest thing is what I've cited from from Jiva Goswami, Nam Smarnam, followed by Rupa Smarnam, Guna Smarnam, Leela Smarnam. Hmm? Again, the, the Rupa, the Guna, the Leela Smarnam will be in accordance with the identity that's forming hmm? within. Hmm? That, that, that concentration of the Swarup Shakti. Hmm? Then Bhava is like, oh, there it is. That's me. That's me. Hmm? And then that's cultivated and so forth. So, this is the method given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Now, that said, shortly after the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, which was a time of many great devotees, hmm, um, there was a system uh, that emphasized by Dhyan Chandra Goswami, Gopal Guru Goswami, that um, that aren't really different from what I'm talking about, but they, they, um, um, they speak about the guru revealing the sarup, kind of indirectly, um, um, the padatis of. Dhyan Chandra give meditations on the Panchatatvans, on the Manjaris, on, on Radha, on Fragorlila, and so forth. They're verses to meditate on. 
and so forth, all in promotion of, in his works, the Manjari Bhav. So there are verses to chant, what to do in the morning, I get up, I think like this, I chant this verse, that kind of thing. Um, I think there must be mention there of 11 constituents of the Swarup, the Seva, the dress, the name, so forth, age, and so forth, hmm? that it constitutes. Hmm? Family, residence. Residence. I don't think family is actually mentioned there. Um, now, there are other books also that mention lesser constituents. Some say seven, six, eleven. I mean, there's going to be more than that. Like, there's going to be a family. Where's that all going to come from? Hmm? So, uh, it's, it comes as it comes through meditation. Uh, you know, it's a meditative body. It's a meditative body. So, having spoken about it and, and as something that the guru may, may speak to the disciple about, hmm, then there has become a tradition over the years, over the centuries, of this being in some lineages standard, that you, the, the guru initiates and at some point, often we see it nowadays, at the beginning, they, they, and they say, and this is your Swaru, and it's made up of these 11 constituents, and these are the gurus in your parampara, these are their sadhaka names, these are their siddha names, and so forth. You get a letter, this is the system. Um, in some of the lineages, not all the lineages, adopted this. And this started to be expressed in such a way that Bhakti, Vinod, and others also took exception to. Bhakti Vinod himself received the Dikshapatra received the Ekadas Baba, the eleven constituents from his guru, and so on and so forth. Hmm? About the, the letter, uh, the Dikshapatra, and so forth. But when he writes about this, for example, in Harinam Chintamani, he writes about the revealing of the Swarup in the context of one's progressing through chanting or in Jaiva Dharma, and attaining taste, examining one's own taste, which means you're well-versed already in the scriptures. Like if you look at these characters in Jaiva Dharma, you have Brajanath and Vijay Kumar. They're not, you know, somebody that just came from a love feast. They know the Bhagavatam really well. They're like you up all night, you know, studying the tattva. And so Gurudev asks them, you know, what's your inclination? I kind of like Krishna's, you know, cow herding. The other one says, I like the idea of... Lalita, you know, serves. And, uh, so, so, okay, you should be under Lalita, follow Rupa Goswami. You should be under uh, Subal and follow this way. Hmm. Um, that's all he tells them, the Guru. Then they go on. At the end of the book, then Rajanath or Vijayakumar gets his, he realizes the, the 11 constituents of his Swarup. He's at the very, very advanced stage of bhakti, where that's played out. 
which is talked about in the beginning in the general way, the guru says, okay, well, you know, you're, they're obviously very fixed-up devotees, so they know the theory, they understand it, and Gurudev takes their inclinations um, and, and, and blesses them. So, so yeah, so that's fine. Hmm? It's not that they, suddenly they, they start to think of their guru in light of that and so forth, but this is some, they have some standing in, 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 in bhakti. Hmm? Um, Bhakti Manoha Thakur, his idea is, his explanation of the system that we're talking about from Dhyan Chandra Goswami is, his explanation of it is different than the way others have ex- explained it in current times. His explanation again is the devotee advances, he examines himself. That means not his material samskars, <laughs> but his. But, but his bhakti samskars and influences, hmm? and then he explains it to the guru, and Guru Dev then encourages him and, and says, "Yes, this is good, good. If you had said that, I would have said, you know, go back and chant some more. It's good. Yes, you're understanding. And so, uh, like you say, you could say, so then you should study this section, you should study this section, and uh, and so forth, incorporate." This is the ideal, and it's been mentioned here. And what it what it means to be a sakka means that what it means to be a manjari and so forth, and, and you go define your understanding and practice and so forth. Hmm? This is how Bhaktivinoda Thakur talks about it. Hmm? He doesn't. Then he talks about through the through the actual practice, the constituents being realized. Now he was given in the letter, "You are so and so. This is your dress name," and so on and so forth. Um, but it's not the way he writes about it that the guru will do this in a way again that traditions a lot of them do now. Somebody might be in the Braj as a guru. Somebody might make a pilgrimage from Bengal to Vrindavan to get initiated, meet, get initiated, go home, get their swarup, you know, and they're pretty much nice person and a devotee, but <laughs> but they're not. Um, um, they're just in the stage of Nishta Bhajana Kriya. Hmm? And um, then some people say, well, the Guru, he went into meditation, Krishna told him, this is this person's Swarup that I assign to that person. So you tell them, so even if he tells them they're not ready for it, still it's a great blessing, and there it is. That's been, it's been done. Huh. The important work is done, the connection's been made, the samanda's been made. Hmm? Krishna revealed to Gurudev, you are such and such manjari. He told the person, and it may take lifetimes for them to realize it, but at least the connection's been made. And if you haven't had that yet, then there's something missing. You're, you're, you're missing out. This is the kind of the way it's presented. And Bhaktivinoda obviously took exception to it, and Bhakti Siddhanta starts to talk because some people they consider were unqualified to talk to Krishna <laughs> and get the sarup and hand it down, and they were just making a business out of it hmm? because they were in the family lineage of Bhakti of Udvaita or Nityananda Prabhu or something like that. Um, and then I know for a fact that that you could go to certain places where they do this, and you could go to one guru and get initiated and Krishna will have Krishna gave him the sarupa. You go to another one, they'll give you a different one. And another one they'll give you a different I mean that wouldn't be a nice thing to do, but it 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 it's a, it has been done. Hmm? 
<laughs> and so, that said, I don't know anywhere in the literature where it's said that the guru goes into meditation, Krishna gives him a swarup to give the... And I've never read that anywhere. You can't find That's an interpretation that people give. And the interpretation comes in Bhakti Sandarbha, where Jiva Goswami says that this is the mantra, Gopal mantra, main mantra. He gives a meditation, a vision, chant this mantra and think of Radha and Krishna underneath the desire tree. There will be gopas and gopis and cows situated there. Hmm? As Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami says, what is the verse? Dibhyam Brindaranya Kalpadrumada Sri Madhvat Nagra Singhasamasto Sri Madhrada Sri Lagubinda Deva Prastalvi Sevyamano Smarami Surrounded by Sevyamano hmm, by, by devotees. Jiva Goswami gives a different verse. It's Gopas and Gopis and, and this is your this is my mantra this is my visualization something like this. And he says something that could be interpreted to say that he gives some information, um, he gives the mantra. So some people have interpreted such a way as what he's saying is that this is where he's saying you've got to give the mantra, and then the guru has to tell you what your swarup is. And if you don't get that, well, your 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 situation is incomplete, and you're going to reach a dead end. This is how it's kind of um, promoted, and then. Um, then people, these days you find people, uh-oh, problem. I didn't get that problem. I, I got better go find a guru I can get that from quick. I've got to do Raghunuga Bhakti. It's out of fear <laughs> and anxiety, which isn't exactly the motive for Raghunuga Bhakti. Uh, one is trying to find it, get their swarup and so forth. Um, and, uh, let's also look at it from this perspective. Mostly we find sadhana siddhas, right? Persons who become perfect through practice, not nitya siddhas, aren't constantly appearing in the world and in, in every parampara, you know. They're sadhana siddhas. Hmm? So the sadhana siddha means that that person who's a sadhana siddha and a guru has not yet left the body, entered into Krishna Leela. Hmm? with the eternal associates and attain Vastu Siddhi. That's what it means. Do you understand? Now, that means that's not a perfect devotee. Most gurus, the vast majority of them, if they're sadhana siddhas, they still have some distance to go. They're not going to go backwards and they have great power to help you. But but they're going to go into meditation. Krishna is going to say, this is your sarup. And I mean, it's... Uh, okay... If people have faith in that, then I wouldn't discourage them. But it's not my faith. And I've seen too much of, of, of this going on with where I know that that's not what's happening. Now, if someone wants to give some prototype and say, because the prototype, for example, for Manjari is given there in the Sanatkumar Samhita, so it's already there. Manjari is this age, this service, basically, well, basically, you could say, here's what a manjari is like, okay? I mean, she's this much, say, this is her service, this is a, these things are there in the literature, you can talk about that, you can, to help a person who's progressively moving in that direction and understands it theoretically and so forth, to have a conceptualization of it, hmm? 
their mind and so forth. Uh, but you know that's that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But but the idea that unless the guru does the gives you this. Um, there's something missing and you've got to add this now on, it's a problem. People who think that's a problem, they're not, they're having a problem chanting. That's my response. They're having a problem chanting. They're not getting much from the chanting to think there's something missing. They're getting something from the chant, something the chanting. They won't think anything's missing. That's for sure. And they will meditate internally on the form of the leaders of Krishna and they will have interest in the topics and they will find that their interest will find a way even to uh, you know, go to the right books and so forth. Uh, their guru, for example, let's say prophets, disciples, the gurus, not here, or they can get a sixer guru, which is highly recommended and so forth. But um, the whole idea that this is how you began that you've got to get this swarup now, this information, and start meditating on it as soon as possible. Is uh, is a particular interpretation. That's all it is. It's not. There's not verses to support it. It's not like set in stone. It's not like you know. You're not the body that says here in the Bhagavad Gita. These are particular interpretations of a system that is not detailed by any of the Goswamis. I'm not saying it's bad or wrong, mm-hmm. but I'm my faith is that it's not exactly what. It, What's being thought? What's what it's what it's thought to be? It may not necessarily be bad. In some instances, it may be bad, and there are some real bad or misconceived notions about it. I mean, if my idea is that that the guru, I get the swarup from my guru, and my guru goes into meditation and gives it to me, okay, I, I, I fine. If that's your faith, maybe maybe that's not what happens. Maybe that's you know little bit of an exaggeration on the part of the guru to keep your faith, but hopefully he, he or she is giving you an accurate general idea of what the sarup is and of a manjari to be um, how to conceive of that and so forth. Hmm? But it gets way worse than that hmm? where people think, you know, you just imagine it. You don't have to get. I mean, at least the guys give for my guru. I have faith. My guru is given. That's everything. They should think like that. And if they pursue like that. I think they'll be. They could be successful if, if they're if they're capable of taking advantage of it. If they're not capable of taking advantage of it, then it also may be abused. I mean, if I give you you a mantra and you don't chant it, well, you know then that's not good. That's not going to help you. So if I give you a swaroop, you know, as, as, as in these cases, and, you, and, you, and you're off, you know, out, you know, just uh, uh, at a political rally instead, you know, I mean, that's not what, you know, the two don't really go together like that. You know, this, 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 this uh, you decided like, you know, the politics of the spiritual world. It'll be, you know, it's, it's other world. You know, the, it's not a Facebook, you know, kind of a. Yeah. And you know, it's fine to be on Facebook to do some preaching or something like that, I suppose. But it's, 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 it's not a great place to do it. I found out. But, um, but there's abuse of that too. Gurudev gave me this roop and 
And, and you know, that's, that's why it's cautioned that the guru should not give the uh, name to someone who doesn't have faith. So that's a, a problem for the guru. The guru can find the requisite faith and give and then find that, you know, it wasn't really powerful enough and now they're abusing. Of course, where the abuse comes from, the guru, or in that case, or the disciple, remains to be seen. But uh, or it's, you know, different cases. But there can be instances where the guru gives the name, what to speak of, given the swaroop, hmm, to persons who don't really understand what, what's going on. And, and, and um, oh, I'm really eager, you know, I really want... And then they think something's going to happen tomorrow, the next day. And I mean, there were some disciples of Prabhupada who, um, whose campaign eclipsed every other Vaishnav in the world <laughs> during his campaign. And then, by reflection of the effulgence of his campaign, some light was shed on some of them. Hmm? I'm not saying they're bad, but such was the campaign of someone who was empowered by Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? Um, and there was a couple, you know, you could probably count them on one hand, disciples of Prabhupada, particularly in the Sanskrit department, who, who got influenced by some of the persons whose Prabhupada's own light was ref, you know, reflecting on Vaishnavism in general and so forth, and in the Vrindavan, and they, 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 they heard propaganda against Bhakti Siddhanta, that he wasn't really initiated. There's no Guru Parampara, you know, unbroken disciplic... You ever heard the term? Unbroken disciplic succession. Look, your system, your system is broken here. This, your system goes from Baladev Bijibhushana, for example, to Bhakti Vinod. There's a couple hundred years there in between. It's broken. Where's the link? Hmm? And was this person really initiated by that person? You know, because there's these traditional party bars, and so so anyway, they made an argument. There was propaganda against Bhakti Siddhanta, who was critiquing his own tradition considerably, and um, getting college people and Gandhi, you know, people absorbed in the you know the Bernie Sanders of the day uh, to give it up. Entirely, you know, and, and pursue um, bhakti rasa hmm, as a solution to all the problems of the world wholeheartedly. Hmm. So, um, um, so some people, you know, they responded against him, uh, and they made propaganda against him, and they 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 questioned the parampara. Some of the, di- the adjustments that he made, like giving sannyas and so forth, and these people never heard these disciples of Prabhupada never heard such arguments, and then they became concerned. Uh oh, I, I, I'm not in a real parampara. I'm looking like, well, you must be not be getting anything from your chanting because I'm in a real guru parampara, and I can tell you that. And most of the people around here are getting something from this. You know, they're enthusiastic for good reasons and seeing the deities with. You know, where are your faith coming from? With, from some dead, dead current here? You know, what kind of so I always thought it was a real disconnect. It just didn't make any sense to me. But they came under that influence. And then they went to get their Siddhadeha from some Baba. Hmm? 
And I believe they were under the impression that this, they were just going to get this and that what they were going to go, there was going to go, you know, the full distance and so forth. Well, you know, none of them gone too far. You know, some of them, a couple of them, one of them that I know, learned the theory of Gaudiya Vaishnavism pretty well, but then, um, he developed some other ideas that aren't orthodox. I'm not sure where he's at now. He's a friend of mine, but he's uh, he's uh, had some definitely embraced some heterodox sahajya, technically sahajya conceptions of, of bhakti. I think he gave those up now to some extent. But at any rate, uh, other ones are like nowhere to be found. One of them asked Prabhupada uh, about being a scholar. And Prabhupada said, first become devotee, then become scholar. Hmm? So he decided to first become scholar, or why not both at the same time? He ended up a scholar and not a devotee, which is basically what Prabhupada was saying to him. It was just a handful of them. Hmm? And so they were the first, you know, to cross over and get the this, uh, esoteric add-on and so forth. Um, but uh, they didn't have m- much of any influence in the time of Prabhupada. Now, after the disappearance of Prabhupada and his institution, and its leader, spiritual leadership, um, being questionable with gurus, uh, proved themselves to be unqualified and so forth, and many, many of them apparently uh, over the years. Well, that obviously caused people to look here and there, maybe, and, you know, more power to him, man. You, know, you can't blame him, and so forth. And so, uh, and then you, you had Sridhar Marsh, for example, from Gaudiya Math. It's a little different, you know, in the way he spoke about Gaudiya Vaishnavism than Prabhupada. And so, the concept of Manjari Bhav, for example, which wasn't really, really developed in Iskon and preacher Prabhupada's preaching, you know, he touched on that very, very nicely, very tastefully, and so forth. Um, and then you had uh, Puri Maharaj, also the same way, who was a little concerned. Uh, a wave, he said, a wave of Sahajiism is coming to the West. Remote Puri Goswami Maharaj. Well, then Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj was you know, like a like a nephew of theirs, spiritual cousin of ours, but but an elderly advanced devotee. He came to the West and he really saw that a lot of these disciples of, of Prabhupada knew people that didn't, didn't understand the goal so much. And so he said, really, this is the Manjari Bhav, this is what it is. And he really emphasized that a lot. Hmm. And, um, and his emphasis on it, it, it was, was good in many ways, but it also caused... even though he himself was against the idea, caused persons to go outside of the lineage and, and, and um, connect with other sects that, that give this roop and kind of thing. And, uh, and uh, um, so now it's, it's flourished a little bit more. It's having its day, you know. And uh, there's a lot of devotees that were disappointed by Iskon and... and uh, and, and, and Gaudiya Math, and they, and um, 
so they may find some kind of shelter there. But there's a lot of uh, also really um, the ideas are out and about, but there's a lot of confusion about it, and that's what you're asking about. And so confusion. I've got to get going on this. I've got to meditate. You know, most of the point of vilifying the name. Yes, meditation smarnam is central to Raghunuga Bhakti, um, but. There's stages of smarnam. And there's and what well, I've, I've explained it, and the chanting will promote it, and so on and so forth. So, our method, if you will, is very orthodox and given by Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati and there's a lot of fruits to it. I would say that Sridhar Maharaj is the fruit, and Prabhupada is the fruit, and Bhakti Siddhanta himself is the fruit, and and uh, somebody was saying, well, I don't know anybody who's become you know attained their sarup by chanting. There's lots of them. <laughs> you can't go back and say exactly how. What was the? You can't assume. Well, anyway, they assume that this particular method that some sects engage in is the standard thing. Somehow, that's that's the propaganda among some. But um, you take our lineage is not alone in this. You take, for example, the Gadadha Paribar coming from. Um, in modern times, Haridas Shastri, that Satya Narayan Das Babaji is, is a disciple of, who's now publishing the Sandarbhas. Hmm? Um, that lineage doesn't do anything like this. They, 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 don't, they don't promote this um, giving a Saru thing there. By Nam, it will come, and, and so forth. Use the Sadaka day, like I say. Use the sadhaka deya, serve with that, and the siddha deya will arise out of that when that sadhaka deya is consumed. It's very much an emphasis on active service. And so, so there, uh, it, it, it's not something us and everybody else is different. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Yeah, Marsh? Uh, well, with regard to the um, name's power, to affect this revelation. There's a verse from one of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's songs that you cite in the 12th chapter, the commentary on the 12th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. He says, Ishat Pikashipuna Dekai, Nija Rupaguna Chittahori Loi Krishna Pashapuna, Pikashitahoya Braji, Mori Jaya Loya Dekai, Nija Swarupagulas. When the name is even slightly revealed, it shows me my own spiritual form and characteristics. It steals my mind and takes it to Krishna's side. When the name is fully revealed, it takes me directly to Raja where it shows me my personal role in the eternal pastimes. Bhakti Vinoda, there you go. Yeah. And again, you can't, there's no meaning to realizing Krishna. I said, well, Krishna may be revealed, but what about your Sarup? The two correspond. That's what people don't seem to understand, or some people. The form of Krishna will manifest corresponds with the love that one is culturing. The two, you can't have one without the other. So, as Krishna reveals himself, then through his name. So the Sarup is realized to us as well. So, good. You understand? Shri Sri Gaurada Madhava Ki Jai, Bhakti Vinod Puri Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanandi.